1: Follow
3: the, follow the money that's what i always say you always follow yeah the money. yeah this is follow the money with mitch moss and paulie howard on vsin yes here we go we made it on a football friday paulie howard matt eumann's big show coming up adam Chernoff with his picks he'll surprise you with a prop that he likes and mr prop paul charchi in his back three and one last week he likes five props I got I got pages and pages of props here. I got I'm looking at the menus yesterday, it's incredible. All the other props that have been added. We'll run through all four games, uh, the various props to go through. We'll run through the Mackin and stuff again. We'll sneak in JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, uh big game for Lakers and, and Vogel tonight. Golden State in a slump. They get beat. Big upset, uh, MVP race, and his tweet about win totals as well. So a lot going on on the program. Look at you 2-0 in college hoops. Who needs the points?
4: Mm. Air Force uh, outright, Indiana outright. Good job. Yeah, always nice to get a couple dogs to uh, win straight up last night. So good night in college hoops. And uh, I got to play tonight in college hoops based on some info that's not public yet. And uh, we'll oh. talk about that later in the show. I like that. Yeah. All right. In pocket ready to go. We we'll, uh, got a lot of plays within pocket. Win
3: lose is a doozy too, with the Michael Jackson video, which is fantastic, <laughs> which which occurred uh, out here.
4: This is the first time I've seen Michael Jackson kick somebody's butt.
3: <laughs> That's right, very good. Okay, so we agree on this one to start the early game Saturday. We both like Tennessee. Uh, they opened up two and a half, and now uh, three and a half in this one. Thing it looks like Hendrickson's a go, and it's going to work out for the Bengals. Uh, Everyone is healthy now for the Titans. They're off the bye. It hasn't worked out, though. They haven't won a home game since 2002 in the playoffs. Last time they were a one seed, they were 13-3, and and they were one and done. They lost last year at home uh, to the Ravens, and both losses were to the Ravens their last two home playoff games. The one thing that would concern me here is Tannehill did turn the ball over. He had 14 interceptions this year, but he was a different quarterback, and it was a different offense with a healthy A.J. Brown. Now you have Julio 100%. But the big question, Matt, is what will I get out of Henry? I know we talked to a guest who covers mm-hmm. the team that might be a type of a pitch count. I don't know. It's going to be a tough task for some of these books where you set his prop at. How many carries will he get? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and how will it be a rust factor? Will he get 90, 100 yards? But that, that's a that's a big question here, this game and then moving forward if the Titans win.
4: Yeah, Teresa Walker from Tennessee was on with us this week. She seemed to indicate that he, uh, Derek Henry might be on a pitch count as he returns from that broken foot. Uh, maybe he's limited to 10 to 15 carries. Where do you set his prop number? I don't know. I, I said maybe somewhere around 75. Uh, the reports out of practice have been pretty good or pretty positive in terms of uh, Henry looking pretty good on that foot. and uh There may not be many restrictions on him. He's been out since that uh, game at Indianapolis, middle of the season. So, essentially three months. This season, the Titans averaged 5.7 yards per play with Derrick Henry on the field. Without him on the field, 4.8 yards per play. I think uh, he's also, his presence helps Ryan Tannehill uh, quite a bit. Yes. And uh, when you look at these teams, I think the experience edge has got to matter here. That's Tannehill, Henry, and Tennessee coach Mike Vrabel, and on the flip side, you got Joe Burrow and Zach uh, Taylor. Zach Taylor, yeah, yep. well, I'm with you on that. They, uh, coach Zach Taylor, yeah, and just their second playoff game, their first year in the playoffs. It was surprising to me, Paul, to see this number open Tennessee minus two and a half, mm-hmm. and that's what the Westgate Superbook put up for an opener. I didn't get to pull the trigger quick enough on that. I still like Tennessee. I think this game's going to get away from Cincinnati in the second half when the Titans kind of. Impose their will on the ground. Yes, I agree with all
3: that. The experience factor, not to mention what you said earlier in the week about maybe the the happy to be here factor and exercise the demons. They finally end the playoff drought. Uh, the other thing, it's a healthy Tennessee team, and everything is a goal with the offense. I, I I need a big game out of Julio here. I mean, this guy had he was this was a big trade in the offseason. <laughs> they were a Super Bowl contender because of this trade, and they still are with the one seed, even though they had five losses. But this guy had 400 yards and one touchdown. It's put up or shut up time. He's never okay, been a I mean, touchdown I mean, they, guy. Yes.
4: Well, yeah. Even with right. the Falcons, he not a touchdown uh, they wouldn't, guy. He put up a lot of yeah. yards and catches, but not many touchdowns. Uh, I, I've said for the past two or three years, I think he's one of the most overrated players in the league. But you're right. Uh, the Titans need him opposite A.J. Brown to step up and have a big game. And that's one of, one of the many props you're looking at. Yes. And one of our guests is looking at today involves Julio Jones.
3: Yes, uh, but you can throw on Tennessee, middle of the pack, 25th in pass defense. Burrow can have some success through the year. I think a lot of these wide receivers can go over their prop. Chase 79, Boyd in the mid-40s, A.J. Brown 74, Julio low 40s, Higgins as well. That prop that's up that uh, will all four guys get 50 yards receiving or more is 5-1. to one. Uh, Burrow hasn't turned it over in his last five uh, games. The other thing, though, uh, do they put heat on him, and can they frustrate him? He's been sacked over 50 times. Uh, that's another thing, is the protection with Cincinnati, and they couldn't get Mixon going that much in the win against the Raiders. So, everything adds up to me. I think uh, Tennessee wins, and I actually think it'll be a high-scoring game. I see points in this one, too, and I think Tennessee can do what they want on the ground and through the air. And I think the experience factor and having everyone back and tell uh, Tanny will have a big game.
4: I think you're probably right about that, because the Titans should be able to move the ball on the ground uh, pretty much at will with that uh, Cincinnati run defense. Even a full strength is not good. It's a weak run defense, and uh, those guys are beat up uh, this week. You know, it's interesting. Bengals let, let the Raiders hang around last week. I thought the Raiders mm-hmm. played a really poor game for the majority of uh, Saturday afternoon, but they still had a shot to get that to overtime, a great shot to get that to overtime in the end. The Bengals did not really uh, impress me all that much in that victory over the Raiders week ago but some of that could have been nerves the first time in the playoffs they were a little bit tight can you believe what Mike McCarthy said about the Cowboys he's trying to pinpoint what went wrong with the Cowboys and he said we were nervous to start the game <laughs> okay <laughs> I mean that's when you're in a state of denial like uh, you know your scheme yeah. wasn't wrong your your game management wasn't wrong we were nervous to start the game that was that was the biggest credible. problem this is not high school it's not the, not even the Super yeah. Bowl. It's a wild card game. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yep. Uh, Tennessee has done a great job, unlike the Bills. The Bills haven't won a close game all year. Tennessee is 6-1 yeah. and one in these close games, too. So, look for that if this game is tight. Late special teams, DVOA, Cincy 8th, Tennessee 22nd. Defensive DVOA, Cincy 19th, Tennessee 12th. And offense, Cincinnati 18 and Tennessee 20. As far as all the props at Bet Rivers and over 250 different ways to bet the game. Overtime, 14-1. to Safety plus eight fifty. Uh, Cincinnati to win both halves plus five fifty. Longest touchdown forty one and a half yards. That went five and one. The under last week. Yep. Longest field goal forty six and a half yards. I like this. Will both teams score in the first quarter? That's a good prop. Yes is plus one fifty. The halftime full time. Cincy and Cincy plus two twenty five. Cincy wins the first half. Tennessee wins the game six to one. And Tennessee wins the first half. Cincinnati wins the game plus seven fifty. Burroughs at two seventy in change passing. Tannehill two
4: thirty eight. And uh I meant a scoreless quarter is plus three forty. I would say if the Titans game plan goes the way they Hope it does. Tannehill's going under that number of 238. We've seen him in some playoff games throw right. for around 100 yards. Great point. A right? couple years ago. Yeah, yeah he wanted to dominate the, Baltimore. the game on the ground.
3: Good point. At New yeah. England and yeah. at Baltimore. It was exactly. all Henry. Yeah. and he, <laughs> I think he had, what, seven completions in one of those right. games. It was, it was ridiculous, right? Okay, the late game Saturday. Packers at home against the 49ers. Uh, as far as San Francisco, it's looking good. Both are trending in the right direction. They're going to have Warner. They're going to have Garoppolo. And with the Packers... Uh, People who cover the team—it's a mixed bag. Bakhtiari is questionable. Scantling is doubtful. Turner's going to play. Cobb's back. Smith is questionable, and Alexander's questionable. So, I mean, again, it comes down—I mean, just how impressive this was with Rodgers—that you had all these guys out, and they hardly played, and you still were the one seed in the NFC. And what you mentioned earlier in the week—you take out that first game in Jacksonville against the Saints. Rodgers has a 37 to 2 touchdown INT ratio.
4: That's insane. It is. I mean, you could make an argument. That's the best 16 game stretch any quarterback's had in NFL history. 37 TDs, yeah. two yeah. picks over I'd 16 beat. games. Last seven yeah. games, twenty. Actually, it's 15 and a half games because he didn't play the second yeah, half right. of week 18. Right. Yeah.
3: That's right. Now, I want to look at this. This hasn't got enough attention. Uh, this was an interesting tweet. How about Garoppolo in the elements here? Going to be about 10, 15 degrees. And I thought this was an interesting tweet from Rob Domofsky, who, who covers the Packers, and from ESPN Stats and Info. Since 2014, there have been 101 different quarterbacks to start a game with kickoff temps below 40 degrees. Garoppolo's not one of them. Wow. In that same time, 122 different quarterbacks have thrown a pass with kickoff temps below 40 degrees, and Garoppolo is not one of them. Will he be bothered by the elements? He's got the shoulder. He has the th- thumb injury. Who knows? What's what's how that's this will affect them, but I found that intriguing and, and how Rodgers welcomes the cold and he thrives in this as well. And he talked about it that it didn't work out last year, that he wants it to be five, ten degrees uh, when they play these playoff games, right? And uh, green, I think Green Bay's been the one seat eight times since '95 and only won the Super Bowl once though, so they've been in this spot many times and haven't got it done. Um, but that's 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 a, that's a Good subplot to this game with the Colts.
4: Isn't that what made it so surprising when uh, the Packers lost a home game to Eli Manning and the Giants? Couldn't believe but it, yeah. That was uh They're 15-1. It was sub-zero temperatures. At, oh, you, oh you don't, when it game. was Favre. Oh,
3: the, uh, was Coughlin? That
4: Favre? the, the Cough-
3: Coughlin game? Oh, the Coughlin, right. You're talking about the
4: Coughlin. Yeah, that's it. That's
3: it was it. Favre, you're right. That's
4: right, right. that yeah. was Favre, yeah. You're I right. forgot, man, that was stunning. That was sub-zero temperatures, but the Rogers also lost a home game to the Giants, right? Yeah, they were 15-1. and one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we don't know if uh, how Jimmy Garoppolo is going to handle the cold weather. <laughs> uh, he played at Eastern Illinois, played with the Patriots. He should be okay in the cold weather. But like you said, you don't know. you got to factor the injuries. Is his thumb going to stiffen up because he's had the right thumb injury? He's got a shoulder injury. Maybe the cold affects him that way. What's the high temperature supposed to be in Green Bay on uh, Saturday night? Or what's the temp supposed to be? I saw
3: 10 to 15, but they could, okay. uh, who knows? could get lower than that too, right? Yeah. Good props on this. More on the Saturday night game and more from Steve Mackinnon on the one seeds, the Saturday games, and all the great trends that he had in the divisional round coming up. The first hour of Follow the Money presented exclusively by Bet Rivers, your hometown book. Check out their daily specials at betrivers.com. Three more games to get to, pages and pages of props, a lot of creative stuff, a lot of great trends, football Friday, all that coming up, and we'll sneak JVT in here as well with a good NBA card. All that coming up, follow the money. Beeson, the Sports Betting Network.
0: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe
5: v the Sports Betting Network.
3: BetRivers Sportsbook takes football same-game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same-game parlays from different games to give even more ways to make your perfect combo. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com today. Explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Playable in Jersey is Sugarhouse. Must be 21. To clean something up, Green Bay's had a bye eight times since 95. Bye, not the one seed. One Super Bowl win, though to show forth. This is a rematch of a week three Sunday night game, which was oh, awesome. Man. Crosby hit the game winner from 51. Green Bay won 30-28. Green Bay led San Francisco 17-0 in that game. San Francisco turned it over twice. Green Bay, Garoppolo four times. Adams was a monster in that game. He had 130, and as you said earlier in the week, how do you leave them wide open that know. set up the game-winning field goal? But this is interesting. It's a big handicap and a big part of this game. Can they slow down Mitchell in this great San Francisco rushing attack? And to me, this just shows how uh, he's a great coach and how uh, creative that Shanahan is. They had a top-seven rushing attack with all these injuries. In that week three game, Sermon was their back, and he had 30 yards rushing. Mm -hmm. So they are 7-1 and this year when Mitchell gets at least 75 yards rushing, and he knew what he had in this guy. And that could be the difference of the game. And that's certainly the blueprint, right? Green Bay struggles against the run. Here comes Mitchell. Here comes Samuel. There's nothing you can do about it. And that keeps Rodgers off the field. And we grind and chew clock.
4: Exactly. That's the way the 49ers want to play this game. They want to shorten the game, keep Rodgers on the sideline, control it on the ground. Debo Samuel is such a weapon. It's a totally different, more dynamic offense with uh, Debo Samuel. Raheem Mostert was one of the backs the Niners had early in the season. He went down, too. So Kyle Shanahan's system, it does seem like you can just plug – in running backs and, uh, and play, plug and play, and you get the uh, same type of production. But the one guy I think is more important than anything is Debo Samuel. Yes. And Elijah Mitchell has been great um, since he's been a featured back, too. That's the thing that concerns me about laying the points with the Packers here is I think the Niners are built to beat the Packers. And uh, if they're fully healthy, I can make a great case mm. for the 49ers in this game. I believe the Packers are going to win it. Uh, I, I kind of like the pack. Uh, to win the Super Bowl, I got them at ten to one odds. That's the only future I've got alive. I had the Packers and the Patriots uh, that I bet before the season, but I, I do think the Packers are going to win in advance. But I think they're going to have to sweat this one out. Okay. And also, I don't like a week—you uh, know, week and a half layoff. A lot of times, I think teams come out a little bit rusty after the bye, really, and then the week off. Yeah, well, I think
3: this benefits them big time.
4: Well, it should have- because it also should because they're getting
3: Francisco, healthy. We're, we're, yes, yeah. that, that's and I don't know how many of these guys are going to play. But imagine the shot in the arm if you do have Smith Alexander uh, and all these guys are back. Uh, uh, you do have Cobb back. We know that for sure. But, you again, we've talked about it all week. You have the bye. You sat guys in the second half against Detroit, and San Francisco has to go overtime, playoff survival mode to beat the Rams, and they go on the road to play Dallas, and they have to go on the road again here in the short week. They're the Saturday game. So I think Green Bay's gonna get it done, although do with this, do with this what you want. San Francisco's beat them three in a row in the playoffs and the average score is thirty five uh twenty three. Yeah,
4: now, but I thought at least two of those games were in San Francisco, right? And the Kaepernick I was uh at a monster
3: game in one of them. Right. Uh okay. So I agree with what Mike Palm said. That was that was domination last week. They held the number one offense to three hundred yards. And they were up 16, and then he misses. If he connects to Ayuk, the game's over. They're going up three scores. Right. You could you start the bus. So and then you had the, the ridiculous interception. But that is the big thing with Jimmy. And Shanahan has to know it. Don't be afraid to just run, 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 because they're seven and zero. He doesn't throw an interception, but they were in complete control of that game until the hideous. Pick no doubt. So, is that going to happen? Are you just sit back? You're sitting back waiting. Yet at some point, he's going to make a bad throw, and can Green Bay hold on to it and doesn't set up points
4: in a short field? Well, you said complete domination, or Mike Palm said that, and that's correct. But the previous week, it was complete domination by the Niners against the Rams after they fell behind Second seventeen nothing. Right. You are right about. They that. They finished with four hundred and forty nine yeah. total yards against the Rams, and uh, I think allowed two sixty five. So that was uh, in the in the box score, domination by the Niners. In week eighteen against the Rams as well. This is this is a really negative situational spot, like you said, going from LA to Dallas to Green Bay, back to back to back on the road. But at the same time, this Niners team's hot they're kind of on a roll, and that's what you want to be at this time of year too. So um, we'll see what the overriding factor mm-hmm. is uh, this weekend. But I think the uh, I think the Packers are going to have to sweat this one out, and that's why I'm a little bit nervous about laying the points here. If I were to play it, I'd probably play it on a money line parlay or, or a teaser. You know, maybe uh, it's the problem is with these numbers. It's kind of tough to tease these games, unless you want to tease a dog up. You're going to tease the Bills up to plus eight. These aren't That's easy popular. games. These aren't yeah. These aren't easy yeah. games to uh, tease this week. I don't feel like you're going to tease Rams up to plus nine. I guess you could do that. It'll be popular as well. Yeah. Uh the, uh,
3: the rankings offense, 49ers fifth, Packers second. Defensive rankings, Football Outsiders, 49ers seventh, Packers twenty second. Special teams, 40 in this game could be decided. 49ers are 26, and the Packers are dead last. Yeah. Everyone's been saying it all year. When is Crosby's going to get them beat. He, the, he's going to be the reason why they're going to lose a game, whether it's kick coverage or Crosby. Well, here we go, Saturday
4: night. We'll, we'll see uh, if it happens. You could be right. And, uh, you know, we've talked about that before. I think Aaron Rodgers' mentality going into this is going to be, hey, we can't kick field goals. We're going to lose this game if we send the kicker out too many times, and you can't leave your fate up to the kicker. So you got to be aggressive with your play calling and with his decision making. Uh, when you're in Niners territory, you got to go for touchdowns, not field goals. If the Packers. Could work the other way, too, though. What's that?
3: If San Francisco settles for field goals, and San Francisco's special teams is lousy as well. Yeah. Kickoff return touchdown against Minnesota, the fake punt against Seattle. They're hot, as you mentioned. They've won 8 of 10. The one loss, Garoppolo blew it that Thursday night in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Uh, They dominated that much of that game until Garoppolo turned it over. And then, I don't know, somehow they went to Seattle and got beat. They couldn't get a stop, and Garoppolo was picked late in that game.
4: Uh,
3: But here's what I think. Yeah,
4: sorry. uh, I was going to say, Jimmy's probably going to make a mistake at some point. Mm. And uh, that's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. That's why I like the Packers actually to pull through in this game, even though I think it's probably going to be a really close game. Rodgers is not going to make that one big mistake. He just doesn't do it. Jimmy G does. We know that. So when you're handicapping this game, what's the difference between the teams? I think that's the biggest difference at the quarterback position. Um, But your point's a good one because if you're Kyle Shanahan, you want to kind of try to take the ball out of Jimmy G's hands and not allow that mistake to happen. And uh, can you impose your will on the ground? And That's what the 49ers will try to do. So what's Garoppolo's passing yards? 240. You got to look under that, yeah. right? Yes, don't you I have to agree. look under? Yep. Yeah.
3: And uh, well, why he's
4: hurt? You're not going to come out right. and throw the ball. Got a bad thumb, well, yeah. bad
3: shoulder. Sure. Yeah. Rodgers is two sixty three at Bet Rivers. Overtime's fifteen to one. Adams is ninety three yards. Ayuk in the fifties. Kittle forty seven and a half. Uh, Debo's fifty four. Mitchell's seventy seven. Green Bay to score every quarter is plus one forty. San Francisco plus two seventy-five. Both teams to score in the first quarter plus one sixty-five. Safety ten to one. Longest touchdown forty-one and a half yards. Uh, scoreless quarter plus three twenty-five. And yeah, th- I love these two—the first, last, and anytime touchdowns as well. First touchdown Mitchell seven to one. Kittle thirteen. Jennings twenty. Use check thirty-five. Adams is five. Jones is seven. Cobb is uh, seventeen. Lazard's eleven. Can Rodgers get in there? He's thirty to one. If you want to put some pizza money on that, um, and and good good uh, numbers here from Mackinnon Now this is a staggering. You know, I mentioned it the other day. In this round, the magic number for the home teams are twenty-seven. Going back to two thousand two, when the home team scores twenty-seven points. They're 38 and 4 straight up and 31 and 11 ATS. When they don't score 27 points, they're 6 30 and 2 hmm. ATS. That is nuts. That is Tampa, nuts. 30 points per game. Kansas City, 28 points per game. Green Bay, 26 points per game. Tennessee, 24 points per game.
4: What did uh, Green Bay score last year in the NFC Championship game? 26 that What it was, yeah, very good 31 26. Okay,
3: yeah. the road team magic number in this round is 21. When they score 21 points, they're 27 and 2, 27 and 12, rather, ATS going back to 2002. Saturday home teams on a 21 and 3 straight up run the last 12 years. Sunday, the road teams are 22 and 9 ATS going back. The one seed in the NFC is 8 and 1 straight up in the last nine, and then the last four. They're only giving up 13 points per game. When a one seed has faced a wild card team, the under is on an 18-8 eight and one run. And as we touched on last week in the wild card round, 53-7 and one. Pick the team to win the game, cash the ticket. That went 6-0 ATS in this round. The outright winner is 29-10 and one ATS in the last 40 trends. Green Bay's played 10 straight overs in January. Tennessee, Cincinnati, 7-0 oh and one run to the over. Head-to-head, Bill's 1-7 and ATS run in January. And I found this interesting, a good tweet. Green Bay, 3-14 and ATS this year in the first quarter. If you think they'll
4: get off to a slow start. Wow. That's good, too. Win some loose. That would seem to indicate you don't want to lay the points before the game. You bet yeah. the Packers live when they fall behind. Eclectic mix, as always. Yeah. This great Michael Jackson video. A monster <laughs> upset in the NBA.
3: Jackpots. Cheesecake dog videos. We have you covered up next with win some, lose some. We'll get to the Sunday games in half an hour and sneak in some NBA with Jonathan Bontobel in 15 minutes. Loaded show. Follow the money. Decent eSports betting network.
5: Win some, lose some is presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials at BetRivers.com. Were you a winner last night? Wow, winning. Or was it a rough one? Well, they can't all be winners, can they? Loser!
0: You're a loser! Holly Howard recaps the night in sports betting in win some,
3: lose some. Well, look at this. We we, uh, ripped the Lakers for losing to Indiana, who'd only had three road wins. And then look at this. They went to Golden State and won on a back-to-back, catching 16. They were 10-1 to on the money line.
4: Shocked the world. How about that? Cash on the Pacers against the Lakers? Roll it over on the money line against Golden State? That would have been a nice payoff. Who expected that to happen? The Pacers went into that Lakers game. Um, what one and ten in their previous eleven games? You right? got it. Yeah. You got it. And then back to
3: back, Jack favorites last night in hockey, eight and one. How about that? And the I can't believe this. I, I missed this. The Flyers were favored. They've lost ten in a row. Come on, they got beat. They were the favorite to. How the hell were they favored? They've lost ten in a row. Look at humans. Air Force money line. Indiana money line. They exercised the demons. They'd lost nine in a row against Purdue. You took the points, didn't need them. There uh, you go. Air Force beats UNLV, and Indiana beats Purdue. Did they storm the court?
4: That was the first one. Oh, uh, who's your storm the court? I've never seen that, in that rivalry. <laughs> Seriously, never yeah. seen it. I've been watching it since the 1970s. But Purdue's <laughs> ranked number four. Indiana hasn't won a game in that rivalry for six years, and I think the uh, students got a little yep. bit excited last night. Uh, a money line parlay on Air Force and in Indiana paid about six and a half to one odds. Beautiful. Last night. Penguins,
3: 275 up to 320. Got a little hairy there. It's 5 1. I turn my head, I look back, it's 5 4. Where they get the empty net goal, they beat Ottawa, close the 320 favorite, and that is a 11 1 and 3 run in the first period if you play the Penguins on the money line. And it was 3 1 in the first period last night that it had that one hiccup here against Vegas. When uh, they were down 3 nothing, actually came back to win the game. Oh, what a mix. All oh, the videos today. Subscribe, be part of the team, Beason.com, Our radio and podcast friends, this is all over social media. This is right down the street here. Oh, boy. We got the Michael Jackson impersonator, and this guy wants to throw. He wants to rumble. He comes in. He's got a Philadelphia Eagles shirt on. And Now, as our producer Dan said, I mean, this isn't his first rodeo. Look at Mike. Is that Mike Jackson or the Iron Sheik? Put him in a camel clutch. Look at him. Now he locks it in like a UFC fighter. Right? he's looking. He's getting positioned, right? He's tapping right. the leg around. This now he has the, right, he's making him tap. And now he's got, yeah, rear naked choke. He's securing the arm. He's got the neck. The technique is unbelievable. Look at Mike. And now the guy's starting to turn red. And he knows he's in a world <laughs> of hurt. That is a smooth criminal, Mr. Jackson. Look at that. Okay, this goes on for like two minutes.
4: Good play by I love play it. there.
3: Oh, and then, then everyone's gathered around. We have a crowd. I mean, what do you? You don't see this every day.
4: I think UFC commentator John Anik would be jealous of your play by play right there. That's <laughs> nice. The, the, the Eagles fan, if that's what he is in the green shirt, what a pathetic attempt at fighting.
3: Do we know how this started? I mean, why was he? Why was poor Mike Jackson accosted? Why? What did he do? He's just trying to make a living and earn a buck, and this guy doesn't know where he is. He wakes up, he goes, You don't want more of that. You don't want any <laughs> yeah. part of that. That is crazy. He got choked out by Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> but, Dan, but Dan's right. That's huh? happened to him before. What's that? Yeah. MJ? Oh, so, some type of an altercation. He goes right into to the, to the figure four and he's going right into UFC moves. He's
4: got some fighting experience, no question. It looks like he had some MMA training. Right. Yeah. Look at this. Uh, the dog trying to help shovel here.
3: Catch the snow. I love this. Look at this. The guy's out shoveling. Give me that. Wow. Go up there. Seriously. Yep. Trying to catch it, catch the snow with his mouth. Get up there. Right. Oh, he's up there high. Absolutely. That's great. He's out shoveling. <laughs> <laughs> and he almost falls. Look at that serious hang time. That's awesome with the dog playing in the snow. This is uh, down the street in Summerlin, the Suncoast Hotel and Casino. A couple jackpots here. Look at this, Matt. Come oh, on. Oh, wow. $20,000. Is that yours? That, please. That's, uh, that's a five play, dealt aces and a kicker. $20,000. You oh, sit aces. there, you hold it. Yeah, aces in the, in the four. Look at that. 4,000 times five. Mamma mia.
4: How many times have you hit that?
3: Twenty thousand, just once. That is, uh, that is something. And then, here, how about the other one? I, I give them credit. I don't understand these places on the strip that don't post jackpot photos. It's like everyone's going to see and say, "Okay, let me go there. It's hot." And here's this lady who was uh, won ten thousand after getting four aces and a three. She wins ten thousand dollars. Some good paydays out there, as well. Lose some. Canadians plus three twenty five down to two fifty against the Golden Knights. Then yeah, they made they hung around. They got beaten overtime. Well, almost got there. And wasn't this something? Gonzaga opened 16, closed 16 and a half, and they won by 16 in that game against San Francisco that they fit in. They were up 20 with a minute left, shenanigans?
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Zags – actually, it was a tight game about 10 minutes ago, more or less, and Zags opened up a 20-point lead, and then it lands on 16 late in the the final minute. Let's talk about Penny
3: Hardaway. Memphis lost again. Are they going to make the tournament? I don't think so. I mean, this preseason hype was just – and everyone's calling him out. It got testy afterwards. And and, and Penny Hardaway with some F-bombs as well about people questioning his coaching ability, and and he went off on the roster, too. Here's Penny.
4: We don't have our full roster. Y'all know we don't have our full roster. Stop asking me stupid questions about if I feel like I can do something. If I had my roster like they did, then I feel like I can do whatever I want to do. I'm coaching really hard. My boys are playing really hard. I'm not embarrassed about nothing. We have four freshmen
0: starting. Y'all need to act like it. Act like we got 17, 18, and 19-year-olds out here trying to learn
4: how to play against 22, 23, and 24-year-old guys. Come on, man. Stop disrespecting me, bro. Like, don't do that. I work too hard. I work way too hard for that. Y'all write all these articles about me, and all I do is work. We got young kids on the floor. They got young kids on the floor. Mm. Stop disrespecting me, bro. What do you think of that? Well, I think uh, a lot of people have questioned his coaching ability. He's going to run yeah. Memphis like an AAU program. He's, yeah. he's bringing in NBA prospects, and it doesn't look like a well-coached team. I can understand why he's frustrated, but you're going to catch criticism. When you bring in guys who are hyped as NBA lottery picks, and you can't win, you're going to catch some criticism. Uh, Greg Peterson, Hoops Peterson of v tweeted last night. Yeah. If there's 358 Division I basketball coaches, he ranks Penny Hardaway number 358. That's disrespect, bro. That is. That is disrespect.
3: Well, I mean, you also went out and recruited and put the roster together. It wasn't supposed to be. Right. Did he say, uh, we, when he, do we? I want the smoke? Didn't he say that when they brought in all these stud recruits? And, oh, of course. Um, yeah, okay, well.
4: Everybody wants to smoke until they get the
3: smoke. He's getting the smoke was, right now. Yeah. And this is, uh, how about this, man? You know, you asked me, do I like chocolate? Do I like cheesecake yesterday? I mean, come on, I have it for breakfast. Look at this. At the, look, that is the triple chocolate peanut butter cheesecake at the... At the uh, Sun Coast Cafe. Look at that bad boy. You had that yesterday? Ooh, I didn't have it, though. They tweeted oh, okay. out the picture. Who I'm dying that? to have it. They tweeted it out. Uh-oh. Look at that thing. That is that was delicious. You could choke an elephant too. Put that down. That is awesome. Uh that but I put under lose sum that's so many calories and I haven't had the damn thing. And this is definitely a lose sum. I tweeted this. Thanks to the people who sent it in. Throw him out. Throw him out. See if he can fly. Look at this animal. We're living in a society. Guy's flying, to a, ah, is that an ingrown toenail? Puts his bare feet up right under the screen against the wall, flying on the plane.
4: What do you do if the guy's sitting next to you and, and he does that? You say, hey, hey, bro, put your shoes on. Can you go Michael Jackson huh? on him? Mick yeah, says he's going Michael out. Jackson.
3: him huh? out and make him staff out. I mean, that's to think that a, a person that's
4: would do that. Nasty. Like, okay,
3: strap it in. Four-hour ride. Ah, uh, let me get comfortable. Once you say, I mean, what what you you know what's coming, too. I mean, once he starts to take the shoes off, right, that's one thing. And then the socks come off. I mean, it's like, what are you doing? And it's got to stink. And those hounds are filthy. Those things are dirty. You zoom <laughs> yeah. in on those feet? Oh.
4: No, let's not zoom in on those feet. Do it. Come on.
0: You know, we're living in a society.
3: I w- it is bad. If you if you if you put blow that photo up and look at those toenails and those feet, those things haven't been scrubbed. So he's walking around barefoot. Win some, lose, some presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown book. Log in each Friday, get a 20% profit boost on the NHL. Learn more at Betrivers.com.
4: Beautiful. There you go.
3: Michael Jackson video. That was
4: something. Oh. Right out here on Fremont Street. It's a zoo out there.
3: Oh, it is. Yeah. A lot of performers. A lot of characters. It's kind like of like dan- Noah's Ark. People dance. <laughs>
4: it, is. <laughs> it is like Noah's Ark. If you sit out there on a the bench for an hour, you see two of almost everything walk by. At some <laughs> point, <Wow. laughs>
3: look at that. Goes right into it. He, he knows had it what the he's whole doing. T- oh, he had yeah. it the whole time. Oh, yeah. Grab the hand. Comes down. All right, I grab the neck. Secure the neck, and then I can wrap him around with the choke hold. Got the leg positioned beautifully. He might be on the card Saturday. He was awesome. All right, a lot to get to. Uh, Von Tobel coming up. We'll talk about the NBA card tonight. Golden State in a slump. Vogel's job probably on the line tonight against the Magic as the Lakers start a six-game road trip. Also, his great tweet about win totals. Cavs can go over with one more win. Lakers only need eight more losses to clinch the under and uh, get some plays from the card from Von Tobel coming up. We'll get back to the Sunday games. Uh, We'll look at the Sunday games in the NFL in uh, 15 minutes, and then I'll just run through the plethora of props. So much creative stuff. How about this Tom Brady so stat? Oh we got to get to it God. sometime.
4: You ain't gonna believe this Tom Brady no. stat after turning age forty. We'll talk about later in the Yes, show.
3: you sent that in. That that's uh, that's fantastic as well. Paul Charchian with props. He went three and one last week. He has five props. We got Adam Chernoff with picks, and he likes a prop that's gonna surprise you. And then in pocket, lot we'll to get to. a run through everything in the NFL and our picks. Of course, coming up. Von Tobel NBA straight ahead. Beeson, Paulie Howard, Matt Eumans. Follow the money. these Sports Betting Network.
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Follow the money on v the sports betting network. Welcome back. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. They've launched a series of City casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. City Cast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L. A., New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and now Washington D. C. Subscribe to your local City Cast wherever you get your
4: podcast. How about that? I was trying to listen to the New York City Cast here during the show. Uh, check it out. Will Hill, our buddy, was on the show with us this week. He's got a wild card recap, divisional round look ahead. Plus NBA MVP sleepers with William Hill yeah. and the New York City cast. Like that. At Not Will Hill and com.
3: senior NBA analyst, Matt's tag team partner, host of The Edge, Jonathan Von Tobel at MeJVT on Twitter. Does a great job covering the NBA. And I loved I loved your tweet earlier in the week about updating these win totals. I mean, this is just some staggering stuff. Can, can, can you share your tweet and just some teams that are already close to clinching or getting close to clinching win totals already?
5: Yeah, it's, it's something that I started to do last year. You know, it's it's fun to track these and see the results. If you remember last year, Oklahoma City, one of the worst win total beats we've ever seen. Yeah. They only needed three wins down the stretch, and they uh, ended up finishing like two and 23 or whatever it was. Uh, but, you know, the, the Cavaliers are the obvious one, and it depends on where you shop for your number. I used Superbook with West, uh, Westgate Superbook win total, so these close to 27 and a half, so the Cavs are holding on. They just need one more win to get over that. But... Some of the others, you know, like the Lakers, for example, their win total was 51 and a half. Uh, they have been very disappointing. You know, they have to go 30 and eight or better to surpass this win total down the stretch. And I just don't think that's going to happen. So they're nine losses away from clinching the under. The Bucks, who had a lot of COVID issues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's injury issues and losing streaks. And they've been somewhat disappointing even lately. They're nine losses away uh, from clinching the under on their win total. The Portland Trailblazers as well, just 12 losses away from clinching the under on their win total. So I think... The ones that we're really looking at, Paul, are are the teams that are kind of off to disappointing. I don't even know if we call them starts anymore because we're in January, uh, but that have had disappointing Mm -hmm. years and have really high win totals. But I'll say the one team that is pretty interesting to look at, I think there's two of them that are lower win totals that have been, I think, a little surprising. Washington Wizards are just 12 wins away from surpassing their over. They got off to that hot start and they're kind of floating around at 500. And the Oklahoma City Thunder are only 10 wins away. From uh, cl- cashing the over on their win total after the debacle from last year, and they've actually been pretty good this year.
3: I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, this L.A. Orlando game is huge tonight. I mean, if yeah. they're only laying five and a half, they lose. I, Vogel's in trouble. You know he's in trouble. But if they can't beat the Magic and they start this six game road trip, can the Lakers under 500? Can they? Uh, do you think they can figure this out? Well, how are they going to treat Westbrook moving forward? What do you think of this Laker outfit?
5: I, you know, I, so I think they, like, they can figure it out to a certain extent because they have LeBron, but like Vogel, I think Vogel's getting the short end of the sick to a certain extent, right? Like they, they give him a flawed roster. They 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 give him Russell Westbrook. There was a report out yesterday that Anthony Davis and LeBron James both pushed for Westbrook to get there. And now all of a sudden it's, it's Vogel's fault that it's not working. Now, I will say that I think the things that he needs to improve on is he's kind of just throwing darts at some of these closing lineups at the end of games. You know, in that game against Indiana the other night, He's got like Camaro Anthony out there in clench time and he can't defend anything. And sure enough, Karis LeVert drops 22 points in the fourth quarter and they end up yep. losing that game. Yep. Right. So like, he's got to figure out what he's going to do with some of these late game rotations. So I don't think Vogel's perfect in all this, but I hardly think everything that's been going wrong with the Lakers, especially defensively is on, on his shoulders. Cause this is a flawed roster and keep in mind, The year they won a championship, this is one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. And a lot of that had to do with Vogel and some of his philosophy. So I think there's plenty of blame to go around. But we know who's going to get it at the end of the day if they ultimately fail. And it's going to be Frank Vogel.
3: How concerned should you be with the little slump that uh, Curry and Golden State are going through right now?
5: I, I think you got to be really concerned, it's in, mainly because it's the offense, right? Like, if you go back to last year, and it's actually one of the reasons why I called this team like a late bloomer, because if you looked at last season and if you looked at the on-court, off-court numbers for this team, they were heavily reliant on Steph Curry to generate their offense. Their offensive rating dropped off dramatically when he was off of the floor, and you saw signs of that earlier this year. And what's even troubling is it coincides with that first loss to the Phoenix Suns. Since they lost that game to the Phoenix Suns and they played each other the first time, that's when this slump began. Curry is shooting under 40% from the floor. It's not even from three, it's from the floor. Uh, if this sticks in terms of his three point shooting, you would be a career low. It'd be a career low in terms of effective field goal percentage as well. Like, and it's just, it's tied to Steph Curry and how the slump has maintained itself for over a month. And with clay back, you know, maybe he starts to get a little bit more comfortable and, You know, these things work out, so I wouldn't really be, like, throwing it all out. But I do think it's somewhat worrisome that when we came into the season, you figured this Warriors team was going to be relying on one dude offensively that has been the case, and with his month-long slump, has now come a month-long slump for the team, which they can't score efficiently.
4: Yeah, they got three months to get their act together. I'm not too worried about the Warriors, but last night's offensive performance was pathetic. Aside from Stephen Curry, JVT, he was 6-for-16 from 3. The rest of the Warriors were 3-for-26, Yep. Uh, they were nine for forty-two from three as a team, and Clay Thompson was zero for seven uh, from three last night. So the Warriors uh, broke down on the offensive end uh, last night. But how much credit do we give the Pacers? How about that back-to-back wow. wins over the Lakers and the and the Warriors on the road? Pretty impressive what the Pacers pulled off uh, the last couple games.
5: Without DeMonte Sabonis on the floor, right? Without without Malcolm Brogdon, like it was pretty impressive, man. And just. And even though they lost the game to the Clippers, like the the stretch that they've gone on the last three games, like their offensive rating well over 120 the last three games and having to go through a stretch of playing the Clippers, the Lakers and the Warriors and being able to do that. Now, I think it's really impressive with, with what Indiana did, especially the comeback against the Lakers. And given the fact that they were had a mash unit yesterday, right? Yeah. Like it, it, Rick, it seems that Rick Carlisle is like the, the Clippers. I mean, the Pacers are a weird team. Like if you look at them statistically, like especially at the beginning part of the year, they should have had many more wins than they were getting. They were getting pretty unlucky with some of these results and especially some of these close games. And now we're seeing them fight and putting up some pretty good offensive performances, but they're still a self-candidate, right? The Montes Sabonis could still be gone before the trade deadline. Turner, the foot injury thing is probably an issue, but he could be gone before the trade deadline. The Pacers are a weird
4: team, man. All right, quick note here on that game last night. Warriors 16-point favorites against the Pacers. Marks their third largest upset under Steve Kerr since 2014-15, and the largest since March 2019 against the Suns mm. when they were 17 point favorites.
3: My God, that was so, I can't believe that happened. Do you like anything on the card tonight?
5: So I was I was looking. There's a couple of games that have stuck out. You know, I think one of the games that's really fascinating is this Charlotte Oklahoma City game because Charlotte over the last like month or so has been nuts defensively. If you look at some of their defensive numbers since december 20th their third in defensive rating given up 106.6 points every 100 possessions right and this team before this stretch was dead last in defensive efficiency in the 32 games prior so like this is a really big flip but what's what's really interesting about like this change defensively in charlotte is if you actually look at the quality of shots that they're giving up they should probably be much closer to 29th in defense so you're kind of just wondering when the shoe drops in terms of these defensive numbers to turning around and heading back to where they really should and is the Thunder the team to do that, right? Because the Thunder, while they're 29th in offensive efficiency this season, you know, their offensive philosophy, dribble penetration, attacking the basket, it's probably a problem for Charlotte who gives up a lot of shots within four feet of the hoop. So I'm really interested to see how the Thunder match up. And on the other side, you know, it's interesting, like both of these, the, the side of the ball for the offense and defense for Charlotte have gone in opposite directions. While their defense has taken off, their offense, which should be their bread and butter, has absolutely plummeted over the last month as well. And Oklahoma City is actually a decent defensive team. They're 18th in defensive efficiency. They're great within four feet of the basket, protecting the rim. I think the Thunder matchups sneaky you well here with the Charlotte Hornets. I want to see what the market does to this number, because it's just been stuck at nine and a half mm-hmm. uh, since the overnights got up. But I think the Thunder might be pretty live there. And the other that I think is that I'm going to keep my eye on, too, uh, is Portland and Boston. Because Boston, we know they lose to Charlotte the other night, right? But they're laying seven and a half yeah. here against Portland. Trailblazers are getting a little healthy, but Nasir Little is questionable. I want to see what his status is going to be, but seven and a half seems a lot for a Boston Celtics team that offensively it continues to be extremely inefficient.
3: 90 seconds left. Uh, anything you recommend from a prop standpoint, future standpoint, MVP race is getting uh, interesting, uh, anything you see out there, maybe to win a division future, anything like that, awards.
5: I say, first off, really quickly, if you can find Taylor Jenkins, head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, still in that 7-1 to one range to win coach oh. of the year, so 100% worth it. He's done a great job. That team is absolutely tremendous. Yeah. And I think that's the way to attack Memphis. Like, I don't think John Morant's winning MVP, but I think Jenkins is is legitimately going to be a coach of the year candidate, should win it. I bet Jaron Jackson, 300-1 uh, to win defensive player of the year. You put up some of his numbers and I put them up on Twitter, comparable to both Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert. I, I think it's extremely live at a number like that. And I'd say, too, I think Joel Embiid deserves to be the favorite to an MVP. Like, Steph Curry is in this month-long slump. If you look at what Joel Embiid has done for the 76ers, it should be him and Nikol Jokic as co-favorites for that award with uh, Embiid as the favorite. And I think there's still maybe a little bit of value there in the 5-6-1 to six to one range where you can still get him.
3: Great work. We'll uh, check you out on Twitter and everything you tweet out and listen to you later today. And thanks for popping on early.
5: Yes, yeah, good talk to you guys, man.
3: Jonathan Von Tobel at me JVT on Twitter, v Senior NBA NLS. He mentioned something interesting during the break about how how bad Dallas is in clutch time. Clutch time rather. Right. With Luka, I mean what, what are you what thirtieth in the league?
4: Yeah, he can't carry the whole team
3: all the time. Well, yeah, the last couple well, nights sure. he's put up
4: huge numbers. And uh
3: you can rip the roster.
4: That's absolutely fair with lack of supporting cast. Maybe the coach. I know. You can do that too. Luka Doncic says uh, he's putting up the numbers. The Mavericks are not as a team. is gonna be on the edge today. 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern football Friday with the Divisional Round NFL Preview.
3: All right, here we go. Football, the next 90 minutes. We'll get to the Sunday games. We disagree on the two games on Sunday. All the props, a stat on Vrabel you won't believe. All that coming up. Follow the money. Bet River Sports. Bet River
0: Sports. Bet River Sports.